who was just rescued from the Taliban. Are they harmless hippies or terrorists themselves? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, I know, are you aghast? How dare I say something like that? Question this sweet family who was just rescued uh, just recently, these past days, and um, from Afghanistan, how wonderful. Um, and it is true, it is wonderful. It's a husband and wife, and there are three children, two boys and a little girl. And um, they, they're all little, actually. All the children are little, but the, the little girl is the littlest. And now they are in Canada. The woman whose name is Caitlin Coleman is 31. She's an American. The man is Joshua Boyle. He's 34, and he's Canadian. Now, why do I bring up all these questions and kind of ruin this uh, nice little fairy tale about their rescue? I mean, it is true they were rescued, and indeed, uh, lives of Americans were put in danger in order to rescue them. Um, I also think, by the way, that he is a uh, not only a terrorist, and I, I do not have firsthand information, but I'm going to tell you about all the research I've been doing, and you decide. So not only am I questioning whether he himself is a terrorist, but I also think that he's a wife abuser, just like the Orlando terrorist. Remember Omar Mateen, who was a wife abuser, and there have been other terrorists, famous terrorists who created attacks, who we then found out were also abusing their wives. So just listen. Um, first of all, let's talk about his backstory. Joshua Boyle. Joshua Boyle, once upon a time, after he got out of college, um, he got captivated by, or obsessed, with the story of um, Omar Qadar. Now, you may, that name may ring a bell, because fairly recently, Omar Qadar just won $8 million from Canada the Canadian government, or Canadian citizens, really, the citizens of Canada, paid him $8 million because he um, sued Canada for um, letting him go to Guantanamo as a teen and not rescuing him. Here's the story. Omar Qadar's father was uh, buddies with Osama bin Laden and uh, Al-Qaeda, and although uh, it's questionable whether it has been absolutely proven. <laughs> it seems fairly well proven that he was um, uh, involved with Al-Qaeda. And uh, in fact, so involved that Osama bin Laden went to the wedding, the, a previous wedding when they were in the Middle East, um, of his daughter. Uh, in other words, the sister of Omar Qadar. Um, when they were in the Middle East, uh, uh, he arranged marriages for the sister of Omar Qadar. They had actually been in Canada, and then they, he took them to the Middle East. And um, in one of these arranged marriages, in one of these weddings, Osama bin Laden went to the wedding. Now, you have to be good buddies with Osama bin Laden for him to come to your wedding or your daughter's wedding, right? So why is this important and what does this have to do with Joshua Boyle? Well, 
Joshua Boyle, as I started to say, became obsessed with um, Omar Qadar because Omar Qadar at that time was being held as a prisoner in Guantanamo. Because when Omar Qadar uh, was in Afghanistan with his family, you know, after his father had taken them there, he was at a, an Al-Qaeda compound when the U.S. military came and had a fight with the people in the Al-Qaeda compound, and he wound up uh, killing a U.S. serviceman. So Omar Qadar was about 16 years old, and he was taken to Guantanamo, where he was kept for 10 years until he eventually was let out and then more recently now has gotten his eight million dollars because he claimed that the that Canada um, well that his rights were stepped on and that Canada should have done more to um, make sure that he either wasn't brought to Guantanamo or was released from Guantanamo sooner and you know it, it just that story in itself uh, before all this with this couple being rescued that story in itself, just a couple of months ago, uh, was mind-blowing. That even though it, uh, he did kill an American serviceman, he was with the, the Al-Qaeda compound in there, um, presumably a terrorist, uh, hurting Americans, an American, killing an American at least, um, that he should be rewarded for this by getting $8 million. Uh, why, again, is this significant in regard to this couple? Because Joshua Boyle, the husband uh, who was just rescued, married, when he got out of college, married the sister of Omar Qadar. And how that happened was he wanted to try to get the uh, rescue of Omar Qadar from, from um, Guantanamo. He was trying to help Omar Qadar get out of uh, Guantanamo. He was... Uh, you know, he believed in that cause. And because of that, he got very familiar with Omar Qadar's sister. And they, uh, he was helping the family, in fact. Um, he was the spokesperson for the family, for Omar Qadar's family, uh, in their efforts to try to get him out of Guantanamo. So he was, got to be friendly with the, Omar's sister, and he ended up marrying her. The marriage only lasted for a year. Uh, and it, they got divorced in 2010, and depending upon which media report you hear, it sort of seems like she divorced him. And why that's significant is because it then seems like he, um, uh, Joshua, went on the rebound and married Caitlin Coleman, the woman who he was now in captivity with for the past five years, um, in Afghanistan, um, he, he had become friends with Caitlin when they were both teenagers, and they both um, were fans of Star Wars. And so they, over the internet, they became friends, and they stayed friends from the time that they were teenagers because of this shared love of Star Wars. And um, when he got divorced, he then decided to... Uh, make that friendship uh, more, and he decided to marry her. So they were married in 2011, and in 2012, he then convinced her to go with him on a backpacking trip 
to the countries surrounding Russia and Afghanistan. Now, of course, they didn't tell their parents that they were going to go to Afghanistan. And um, Caitlin was five months pregnant when they left. They left in July of 2012. And um, they were supposed to return home in December of 2012, which was cutting it very close since she was five months pregnant. Like it seems more than likely that she would have delivered her child on their back. I mean, you know, think about it, going backpacking when you're pregnant, first of all. I mean, whatever country you're in, that does put stress on your pregnancy. And um, it is very unlikely that a woman would have voluntarily agreed or been happy about going backpacking, number one, when pregnant, and number two, going into one of the most dangerous places in the world when pregnant, Afghanistan. So what that says right from the get-go is that Joshua had a lot of control over Caitlin. She just wanted to make him happy. And he... Um, he was able to talk her into this. I mean, we know that. Um, so, okay, so there they are. They um, get, they go into Afghanistan and they get captured soon after. And, um, and taken to the first of three places where they were held in captivity in Afghanistan. Now, he also decided, I mean, there are all these things, this is why I say that he was, um, he was a very controlling, domineering man over his wife, which is probably, probably why it didn't work out with the first wife. Um, but anyhow, and I, I believe that he was abusive to her, to Caitlin, and that um, she's a battered wife, and I'll tell you a little bit more why later. But so there they were in captivity, and Joshua decides that they are going to have children. He's going to get her pregnant. Um, I mean, there wasn't much to do in those caves. And, um, but his excuse was that they had planned to have a big family, like 10 to 12 kids. And she was already, you know, she's 31 now, so she was uh, 26 when... Um, when they got captured and, um, and you know, he, the years were passing. He didn't know how long they were going to be in captivity. And so they didn't want all these years to, to pass and to miss out on their opportunity to have a whole big family. Now, think about it. Who has children? Who brings children into the world when you are captured by the Taliban? I mean, this is outrageous stuff. Would you want your child to have a child, to have a little baby, bring a baby into this? Now, granted, she was already pregnant, so there was nothing that could, you know, they had the, that first baby um, in captivity because, you know, she gave birth in captivity. But to have more children, bring more children into the world in captivity, which they did. The, the first child was a boy, and then the second child was another boy, and then they, they also have a girl who's just a few months old, 
um, two to six months old. He gives varying, uh, Joshua gives varying descriptions of exactly how old the girl is who, who was rescued with them. But he also says that there was another little girl that she gave birth, well, that she was pregnant with, but that the Taliban caused her to have an abortion. Now, the Taliban says that this other little girl, um, because she was born in a cave, uh, there, and there were problems with the birth, um, that the other little girl died, you know, was, uh, it was a miscarriage because there wasn't medical uh, help. You know, they couldn't get medical help to solve the problem that caused the miscarriage. Um, the, Joshua also says that the Taliban um, beat them up and that they raped his wife. Now, I mean, I guess, you know, one, one other question I have is how do they know which, um, unless it was very distinct in terms of when the wife was allegedly raped, by the Taliban, and when these babies came, how do they know that none of these babies were fathered by a Taliban person? <laughs> Anyhow, it's very sad. It's very sad for the family. It's very sad for the, for the certainly for the children. And, um, but that doesn't put aside all of these questions. Now, um, in fact, they're, they're, the government, the U.S. government has admitted, and you will not find this in uh, many reports. In fact, I think I, I did a lot of research on this whole, this whole couple, and, um, and which, who are now very much no longer in the news other than repeats of uh, the same story as the original story of, of their re rescue. Um, but... Uh, the wife is now in the latest news from a few days back, Monday, this past Monday, um, there was a, a, a report that the wife was in the hospital, was taken in the middle of the night to the hospital, and the husband, who's been jabbering to the media, um, has, has said that there was some emergency and she had to be taken to the hospital. Now, since then, I have not found anywhere why she was taken to the hospital, whether she's still in the hospital. Now, um, and the picture that he, he, he took a picture of her in a hospital bed with one of their sons. Uh, it seems like the eldest son, and um, who's also laying in the bed. Now, you know, she could be in the hospital um, because of trauma, uh, but it seems like it was some kind of medical problem, like an emergency, emergency medical problem. Um, so, uh, why is that significant? My thoughts are, I mean, it is possible, certainly, after being, after being a captive by the Taliban for five years, you could have any medical problem, you know, uh, that, was not, that was not a healthy environment. Um, but, and, and her parents have said that she had, before she went on this backpacking trip, um, she had some kind of liver problems which is another reason why you don't take your new wife to Afghanistan if she has some kind of chronic um, medical problem, liver problem. So it might have to do with that, that she's in the hospital now. But I suspect, and I do not have firsthand knowledge, but just from judging how he is and all the different things he has made her do, um, it seems like maybe he was abusive to her since they got back. I mean, certainly maybe when they were 
uh, captured, but maybe since they got back, maybe it was because he didn't want her to tell the media something different because she has said either nothing or hardly anything to the media. She is, you know, in their, in their, when they first came back, she was quiet and he was just blabbing away and she's still wearing a headscarf. Uh, even in the hospital, even in this latest picture of her that came from the hospital, she was still wearing a headscarf. Now, it could all be, I know what you're thinking, I'm being too harsh on them, this poor family who was in captivity for five years, but there's a reason for that. I mean, I think that the United States has risked uh, American lives and risked the security of America by whatever it is that they had to do to gain the release of these this family because i think that he is a terrorist or a wannabe terrorist and that in fact um and and it has been reported uh, quietly <laughs> that um he may well have purposely gone to afghanistan to meet up with the taliban and uh, and in fact that's what the u.s intelligence is saying after they rescued them they said they long suspected that his visit to afghanistan was to link up with the taliban so okay if they long suspected that why rescue them and why and, and okay that's humanitarian to rescue them but why let them return to canada now the zinger in this whole thing is that here after the united states with the help of pakistan rescued them from the taliban they sent an American plane. Now you would think, <laughs> I don't know, if I were in, if I were captured for five years by the Taliban, kept in a cave, um, treated really badly, if, there, if I saw an American plane, I don't care which airlines, an American plane um, coming to get me, I would run to that plane. Well, not so for Joshua Boyle. He refused to get on the American plane because he was afraid that he would be put in Guantanamo because of his connections to Omar Qadar, the man, the, the brother of his first wife, who was put in Guantanamo for 10 years. Now, I think there is nobody who knows more about what, you know, what he has to hide what they might put him in Guantanamo for, I'm talking about Joshua now, um, than Joshua. And um, I would hope that the American government and the Canadian government um, are still doing significant investigation. And I mean, I'm kind of disappointed and angry that the U.S. government didn't just say you either get on this plane, this American plane, bound for America, or we're leaving you here. Um, I mean, they should not have just let him escape uh, to Canada. I mean, he's Canadian, Caitlin is American, as I said, but, um, you know, so maybe, you know, I guess it, one could argue that it's hard to keep a Canadian from going back to his home country, but I certainly hope they are not just dropping them off and saying goodbye and good luck, but that there is continued investigation into exactly what was going on. Now, when, um, when Joshua, before all this, when Joshua was in Canada, before he went to Afghanistan, um, he was working as a, um, in a call center, 
and his the other the, his co-workers have said that he was in the process at that time back in the day back before he got his second wife to go with him to afghanistan he was in the process of converting to islam he they thought he either had converted or he was in the process of it now just because he's doing that that doesn't make him a terrorist but um, but traveling to afghanistan to meet with the taliban kind of puts the whole thing in a different light and so and and they the co-workers were aware of this because he got at, at his work he got um granted the breaks to have the daily prayers that he would need for his Islamic religion. So this was something that was out in the open and um, at the time. So what do we have here? <laughs> um, you know, we have a very, a lot of mysteries, a lot of unanswered questions. And um, the, the bottom line to all of this is that we need to find out answers that first of all we need to make sure that he isn't uh an abusive husband because um we need to protect her and the kids that's number one and we also need to know what was he telling the taliban any secrets is that um you know whatever secrets it is that he knew um and is that how they were able why the taliban didn't kill them um what was, did he hatch a plan with the Taliban? Was this release, this so-called rescue, actually, you know, a part of a plan of the Taliban? Okay, you're going to go back to Canada and you're going to feed us secrets or you're going to create a terrorist attack or something. No one really knows these things, but there are, but it's all very fishy. And so um, the, the one good thing, if you look up articles, and it is very hard now to find articles about, um, or find information in the media about this, this couple. It was kind of, it made a big splash when they were first rescued, and now it is radio silence, which also adds to the feeling that there are a lot of fishy things going on. Now, if you look at some of the articles, um, the, uh, the positive is that there are a lot of comments um, by people, you know, uh, after the articles that people put up, which are questioning it. I mean, nobody's saying, um, nobody's saying anything good about this. Um, like everything is, is saying something fishy, like, okay, I'll just I'm kind of randomly picking out one. Um, SEAL 6 team was willing to put their lives on the line for this nefarious, questionable couple. Boyle never did thank them and made snide remarks about America to the media. Afraid to board an, air, an American plane after Americans just saved them? Question mark. Trudeau can keep them. Sounds like they will settle in Ontario. Anyhow, then they dot, dot, dot. Um, Omar Kadar, who killed an American medic, only to be given $8 million in an apology from Trudeau. Um, there's still something the SEAL team should be doing, and that is to free the doctor who helped us locate bin Laden and his family. His imprisonment for helping the U.S. is just another aspect of Obama's awful legacy that needs to be eradicated. Now, that's true. The doctor who helped America locate bin Laden is still captive. And yet they, they um, 
rescue this family. Um, let's see, take the kids, give the parents back to the Taliban. We should not be risking good soldiers' lives for ingrates like this. Um, keep the radicalized family in Canada. They went there willingly. I think they mean keep the radicalized family unless they're being sarcastic. Maybe they mean keep them in Afghanistan. They went there willingly. Something stinks about their story. I don't feel bad at all for them. Then they have kids. Um, allegedly one child was murdered. That is what radicalized terrorists do. They lie. Uh, then, and on and on. Um, you know, all, the, all of these comments um, were, are, are questioning this whole thing, you know, not, not really saying, not really saying anything terribly sympathetic towards the family, but, um, except for the innocent children, of course, which, you know, and I believe that the wife is innocent too, and, and as I said, I believe that she's being uh, abused by the husband. Uh, and if the children saw that, of course, that is also very traumatic for the children. So what is the bottom line to all of this? The bottom line is that we need to keep asking questions. It's great that there are all these comments after stories on the internet, but we need more answers. We can't let this story just disappear. And, you know, with what happened with Omar Qadar getting the $8 million in Canada, Nothing really seems to have been following that up. Yes, there was some outrage from people, but he still got the money. And, and you know, one could say, follow the money. Is, um, is this American uh, family, or, or at least Joshua, expecting somehow to get some of that $8 million because, um, because he did do things to try to help Omar get out of Guantanamo. This will be interesting, would be interesting to know if we were ever to find out these kinds of things. So you need to ask the so-called authorities. You need to question the media more, call into radio shows, call into television shows, put comments at the bottom of articles, um, call your congressman, write to your congressman. We need to... Um, you know, it's a little harder now, of course, because they're in Canada. Uh, there's a little limit to what the American government can do at this point. But we do need to, uh, to keep asking these questions. Because, you know, in my book, uh, my new book that just came out called Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, one of the things that I say is the most important that parents should realize when they're talking to their kids about terrorism is that they have to tell them the truth. Yes, the truth in bite-sized pieces, and yes, the truth to the uh, extent that, you know, keeping in mind the age and the psychological maturity of the child, but at the same time, the truth. And the reason for that is because if, if kids when kids realize, you know, after hearing it from other kids or seeing it on the internet or hearing it on the television or the radio, when they, when they uh, do find out the truth and they realize that their parents lied to them, then they will be more terrified than just from terrorism because now in this scary world, they can't even trust their parents. They can't trust that their parents will protect them because their parents aren't telling them the truth. 
So it's the same thing for us as adults. If we can't trust the so-called authorities to tell us the truth, what happens in the next terrorist attack when we hear this information from the authorities, you know, we won't be able to trust that what they're telling us is the truth. And then we will be even more terrorized. So if you want to find out more truths, uh, continue reading all my other podcasts and go to my terrorist therapist website, which is www.terroristtherapist.com. And you can also go to my Facebook page. If you put in terrorist therapist, <laughs> terrorist therapist into Facebook, um, you will get to my uh, t- page, my terrorist therapist page, and you'll find all my commentaries about the news, you know, every, every time, every day, pretty much, um, when there's something about terrorism in the news, which there is every day, <laughs> I write comments about it, I, I put articles and my comments and my, I put these, these uh, topics, the news, on my couch and I analyze it for you and bring up some of these questions and what it is that you should be thinking about and asking, making your own decisions just like about this and the couple, um, but just bringing up the questions and bringing up the the things that, uh, from a psychological point of view, that I notice as a psychiatrist. So thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. <laughs>